You're listening to the 49 Carats Podcast, a 49ers goldmine production with Stephanie Sanchez. What's going on, everyone? Welcome to another edition of the 49 Carats Podcast. I'm your host, Steph. It is Monday, January 8th. The 49ers have officially set their eyes on their next game. The regular season is out of the way. Uh, But me and Weston here, we're going to look back on this Week 18 game one last time to acknowledge some notable performances and just some questions, uh, discussions that we have on some of them. Uh, So, Weston, welcome. Thanks for joining me once again on a Monday, as you always do. How are you doing today? I'm good, Steph. I'm just just eager for playoff football to begin, especially considering what I think we saw kind of across the league, you know, yesterday, not just with the 49ers, just a lot of teams were, like, locked into position. You know, a few games had a ton of uh, relevancy. Uh, I'd liken it to just watching JV squads versus varsity squads, but um, I'm excited to watch a wild card weekend uh, with not having to cheer for my team and get a little break and see how the, you know, the chips fall and and who we're going to be, you know, matched up against it. But, you know, 18 weeks ago, this was always the goal, right? So we phase one accomplished and now it's time to get serious and, and move forward. Yeah, exactly. And this game, this week 18 game felt like more of a formality than anything. Like, let's just get out of here and finish this game. Let's not deal with any injuries. Now, we figured that starters were going to play at least some of them because it's mathematically impossible for to rest all of them. Right. So what I have up on the screen is just some of the players who started, who aren't the usual starters in this game. So Sam Darnold, of course, started at quarterback. Elijah Mitchell was the running back, uh, tight end, Charlie Warner, Oren Burks, linebacker, uh, Isaiah Oliver started at the, as a nickel corner. We had a uh, Taylor Hawkins start at safety as well as Logan Ryan. Uh, so some unfamiliar faces for a lot of us, at least throughout the year. But you do see some of the usual starters who started this game as well, like Trent Williams, Nick Bosa, right? Fred, Ayuk, Debo. Um, I mean, how did you feel about the way that Kyle kind of divvied up the snaps? A lot of those guys, like I said, started the game, but they were pulled pretty early. Um, You know, how, how do you feel like Kyle towed that line between risk and or what was it? Rest and rust. Rest and rust. Um, <laughs> I, I think he did the best he could with, you know, like with the, the cards that were dealt to him. I mean, I think he would have, if you were to ask him, he probably would have preferred to not even have Trent put pads on, not even have Nick put pads on. But there's a lot of people that were on the inactive list that are part of the ongoing injury problem for the 49ers that count against the numbers, right? Like look at your on your screen right now with Hawkins and Ryan. That's because Gibson and Brown are out, like flat out, right? From from an injury perspective, you got Jawan, you can add to that list and keep on going. So the numbers dictated that, you know, these players had to play. Um, I, I think he did the best he could to get them out of the game. I mean, Steph, look how he was handcuffed. George Kittle was part of the active roster for the game. Yeah. And dude didn't even have pads on, right? Like he was on the sidelines. I'm like, hopefully we don't need a third tight end, you know, because he's got (laughs) to run back into the locker room and and get dressed. He did the best he could. 
Um, I'm, I'm, I'm happy with, with how it shook out because I just don't think, you know, the relevant people that we probably would all agree, like, Hey, if you're going to be in a situation to rest that you'd want them to rest, they've, they pretty much got rest, but they got the ability to warm up, right. Go through mm-hmm. their pregame routines, put pad on pad, you know, even if it was just for a couple snaps. So this week really wasn't uh, a week off. And now you're just getting those guys into a traditional, I think you put it best that you had a tweet where you mentioned, Debo feels like the kind of guy that you just want to have out there. And I don't mean to like call you out on that. I, I agreed with it wholeheartedly. You know, some of these guys are rhythm players, especially the, the more physical yeah. ones. Like they, they, they need to see action, even if it's limited. He did the best he could. He would have, he would like to have done things a little differently. Just the numbers say he can't. Yeah. I, I was fine with it too. I mean, I think Nick Bosa might've been the one who stayed there the longest as far as, the starters go I think right before the half is when he started to kind of dwindle out um and you know 49ers all in all were fortunate that no injuries took place because we all know how that discourse would have kind of panned out Uh, but other teams around the league not so lucky in week 18 we saw the Eagles uh playing against the Giants AJ Brown dealing with a knee injury now we I think we're still waiting on some more information on that uh, but that didn't look good. And then Jalen Hurts, you know, had his his finger uh, in a, you know, not so normal position there. Uh, Sam Laporta of the Lions, their tight end, he is, I, I think they're still gathering information on him. But, you know, around the league, some playoff teams not so fortunate. So the 49ers, of course, escaped this Week 18 game with just the Clinton Farrell injury who – we saw him leave the game pretty early and he was declared out uh, pretty quickly as well. But it seems like there's optimism that he's going to be fine uh, when the 49ers take the field again for their divisional game. Now, what I did want to talk about is just some of the performances of these guys that, you know, played more snaps than the usual amount uh, in this week 18 game. We had Sam Darnold, you know, starting this game. What did you think of Sam Darnold's performance in this one? I I personally didn't think it was uh, too shabby. No, I I thought I was going to be in you know the minority on this one, Steph. Where I just felt like he looked good, right? I mean, given the circumstances, yes, he had some of his offensive weapons, right? The Avengers out there with him to that's always going to to help and aid and make things look a little bit better um, against you know the Rams D whatever. I mean, I just. Everything that we knew about Stan was on display. Like we know he's got a big time arm. We know he can he can sling the rock. We can do all of that. I loved his like you know feistiness and scrambling for some first downs and doing those things. Felt like he had pretty good pocket awareness. I thought the first half looked really 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 good. Um, yeah. Second half didn't look as great, but I don't think that's necessarily Sam Darnold's fault either. I mean, you talk about three big drops, right? Like at the end of the game there or two big drops at the end of the game that were big time positions. And I just think the, the 49ers did a really good job in the first, not to make this about the game. It's about Sam Darnold, but they did a really good job in the first half of controlling the clock and going in right. 27. It just flipped uh, in the second half. Then the Rams did a really good job of possessing the ball and controlling the clock. So he got fewer opportunities. Um, I don't think, 
I think Kyle was worried about the scoreboard because he never wants to lose to his buddy McVay. But like at the end of the day, they know there was no real impact there. And I think the play calling just got a little manila at the end. That's it. You know, just a little vanilla yeah. at the end. And uh, but I all in all, I thought it was a good performance he put on tape. Good for him. Um, more importantly, to get like if the ghosts of playoff pass come creeping up to us, like you'd rather have that quarterback get some some reps, right? Of before just right. being um thrusted out there. So not bad at all. I thought he played well. Yeah, as Alan says, we're in trouble if he has to start. That's fair. <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah, totally, totally fair. That's not usually a good sign for any team, quite frankly, if their backup has to go in there. But I was very encouraged by the first half, especially the first two drives where the 49ers pretty much marched down the field, 75 yards for both of those. As you said, they were eating the clock up, so that was good. Um, And you got to remember, in those first two drives, he had Brandon Ayuk, he had Debo, he had the you know usual offensive linemen, uh, offensive starters, uh, aside from you know McCaffrey, you know George Kittle. So assuming that he, if let's just say if he, you know, worst comes to worst and he did have to go out there, he would likely have all of the offensive starters available to him, uh, which, as we know, could help any quarterback. Uh, but I, I didn't think it was too bad for Sam Darnold. Uh, he was he finished six of 16 of 26. Uh, that's good for a 61.5 completion percentage, 189 yards passing one touchdown. Um, he also added five runs uh, for 18 rushing yards and a rushing touchdown. And yeah, you mentioned the drops. Those were pretty big. And a lot of those did happen in the second half, if not all of them, yeah. if I'm remembering correctly, one in McLeod, one, uh, Chris Conley, uh, and then uh, another to Ronnie Bell, which wasn't a drop, but that was a miscommunication, obviously on Ronnie Bell's part, probably, you know, you could say that'd be a first down if, if, they're on the same page there but I didn't think it was too bad of a day for him I know he had the two fumbles but one was one he lost of course at the end of the game the other would just seem like a a bad snap but all in all not bad it I'm just curious to see what happens with Sam Darnold after this year I mean maybe the 49ers were doing him a favor as well um getting him some opportunity for the off season, right. And and showcasing him for prospective teams for next year. Although I don't know if, if he'll ever be much more than a backup going forward, but yeah. you know, still, still okay to see him now on Elijah Mitchell. Let's get into Elijah Mitchell, man, because he had more carries than I was expecting him to have in this game, and I don't know what to make of that. He had 14 carries, 52 yards, and a touchdown. I thought this was going to be the game that we were going to see, like like Jordan Mason Hive was going to be buzzing, I thought, (laughs) after the Week 18 game. And if you look at Jordan Mason's numbers, like he, he only got six carries, but he averaged six yards every time, so... Like, I feel like he would have probably been on his way to having a one of those games, but just didn't get that opportunity. What do you think the split of the workload between those two tells us about how the team feels about him and, you know, maybe Mitchell's involvement in the future? Yeah, I'm. this is pure conjecture on my part, Steph. I don't think it has, again, my opinion, I don't think it has much to do with who's in favor, who's out of favor. I think Jordan Mason has done everything that he's supposed to do and everything he's been asked to do. And he runs the ball hard. What I'm 
surprised because I, like you and many others, thought this had J.P. Mason written all over it for the game, especially since Mitchell's been back. He's clearly been the number two back, right? So, like, you're trying to preserve your depth. I can't help but wonder, was part of this Kyle saying, like, because Mitchell has been so injury prone to be like, I I need to see how he stands up after 15 touches in a game because maybe we have to call upon him that way. I don't know. Maybe there's a if, – if the pendulum's swinging anyway, maybe there's a little bit loss in confidence in Mitchell and what his production might entail and, you know, try to knock whatever rust off, you know, from limited action this entire year. I mean, last week – was the most we saw of him all season, right? So I, I don't I don't know what to make of it. I think if, you know, if I'm the play caller, right, and I'm dishing out assignments, I'm thinking 24 is getting more totes than 25 this game, but right. I, don't, I don't know yeah. the rhyme or reason behind it, but I still thought as explosive as Mason looked in his few carries, I, I still thought Elijah Mitt, like he runs really hard for not a big guy, and he always is – falling forward and if kyle's goal was to accomplish getting him hit a couple times and seeing if he can withstand that for the playoff push like you know we'll, we'll see what the injury report looks like wednesday or thursday if there's anything lingering but that being said like mission accomplished i thought i thought he still ran hard um but i, I think we would have probably saw more of mason if the rams didn't control the time of possession in the second half if we're being clear about it that is fair. Although, like, the way that it kind of shook out, so it was Elijah Mitchell, you know, as I said, started the game. Then Jordan Mason got, like, a series. And so I was like, okay, like, cool. Like, this is yep. the, the point in the game where it's Jordan Mason here on out, just like preseason kind of thing. And then Elijah Mitchell, the next series, is out there again. And I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah. Okay, we're doing this. And then that's kind of just how it was for the rest of the game, like, mixing those two guys in, but Elijah Mitchell, you know, like I said, seemed to just get more of the carries. Now I know we've mentioned in the past that Mitchell's very much a, a rhythm rusher, right? So maybe that's kind of what this is. And maybe it's a sign that Elijah Mitchell will be involved for the playoffs. You know, he spent much of the regular season dealing with some injuries, you know, in and out of the lineup, but mostly out, you know, for the most part. And so now you have him healthy and he clearly does look healthy the way he's, he's running right now. I mean, the 49ers have an opportunity to make this a one, a one B kind of thing. And when we have seen both McCaffrey and Mitchell healthy together on the field, it's been a pretty effective one-two punch. So I got to wonder if that's what they have in the back of their minds going into the playoffs. Yeah, I, I think I think this. I think because Mitchell has showed his physicality in his, in his running style, the obvious statement of the day is whoever the 49ers play, they've already played an extra game. Maybe that game goes to overtime. Maybe that team's defense is on the field for a long time. Like whatever it might be, whoever gets by, and now they got to come to San Francisco, and if you can, and if you commit to forty carries, you know what I mean, because that's going to be your formula to win the game. You don't want Christian McCaffrey touching the ball forty times, and they are different runners, right? Like right. Christian McCaffrey, he's explosive through the hole. He doesn't dance around much, but he he's patient, right? Like where he'll he'll find his hole, he'll squeeze. Mitchell's just going to run right into the back of the offensive lineman and just keep going <laughs> forward, and that's. Yeah. That's different preparation. And now Kyle just put one more thing on tape. Hmm. 
what if 25 is going to get refs and they got a short week to game plan for that? I don't know. Like this game, this, this profession is so full of like head games and cat and mouse that would you be shocked at all? If that was like his game plan whatsoever, like, Hey, week one, I know everybody thinks we're, we're slinging this ball with Brock, you know, an MVP candidate, blah, blah, blah. False. We're going to go right back to the 49ers of old and we're going to hand the ball off 40 times. Right. And, and so something in the back of my mind too, is that 2019 team that had the, you know, first round bye week, they were the one seed, right. And the NFC and they came out of their bye week it in, in all their playoff games, you know, running the football and, you know, a slightly different identity then, than they have now, you know, they've gotten more comfortable with, you know, passing the ball as of late Brock Purdy, you have no trust issues with him, but I kind of like, I'm kind of wondering if they're kind of teeing up a a run heavier approach, even more so than than we've seen uh, this season, even more so, um, because I also think that can maybe help alleviate the risk of rust and, and all this like fear that we have. Right. Cause I know Christian McCaffrey is going to come out and he's that guy's not going to have, yeah, <laughs> yeah, that guy is not going to have rust. Like I just, he's, he's the one player. He's in the gym right now, Steph. <laughs> probably. Probably. Yeah. Um, he's the one player. I would never worry about being rusty or just having that like mental rust even, uh, not worried about him. So I think you come into that game, whoever you're playing in that divisional game, and you plan to run the football. That's how you start the game. If it works, great. If you can, yeah. you know, build stuff off of that, even better, right? But I think that they could go into that game, that being the plan and having the one-two punch, it could just help that transition into getting back into the swing of things that much easier. So. Mm-hmm. I know, just something, something in the back of my mind. It, it wouldn't be uh, a bad idea if they decided that. Well, that's winning formula in playoffs, right? Yeah. Run the ball, play defense. Like <laughs> it's simple, you know. Um, can't, but I, what do we know, right? That now, watch that. We just said this. Kyle's going to come out, and Brock's going to throw forty times in the divisional <laughs> round. Uh, yeah, I know, because Kyle's watching this, and he's like, "All right, bet." He, <laughs> he like, should be watching it. Like, hey, these guys are on to something. <laughs> right. Yeah, that, that's what I think. Um, but all right, yeah, Elijah Mitchell. I do expect him to to get more opportunity in the playoffs. Excited to see what that looks like with the one-two punch. Um, now let, let's turn over to the defense a little bit. We saw Isaiah Oliver start this game at slot corner. He was one of three defenders that played all of the defensive snaps in this game. Um, he had 10 total tackles. I do have to say, and this isn't like news or anything, but he's, he's just so much of a better tackler in space, like on the outside than he is like in coverage. Um, PFF did notch him with two missed tackles. So I, I guess I got to mention that too. Uh, but it just felt like he was in on a lot of tackles. He had four stops. He allowed all six, six of his targets to be caught, but only 29 yards total. For the purpose of a meaningless game in week 18 of the regular season, it's fine. You know, like, fine. Serviceable. Yep. But let's just hope that Ambry Thomas and Diamador Lenore 
can stay healthy. So we don't have to see him in a playoff game. Like I'm, it's not that he had a bad game. It's just that I don't, I don't want to see no. it respectfully. <laughs> so he didn't, he did not have a bad game. Let's be very clear. Right. But let's right. also be clear about the competition in which he was facing Carson Wentz versus right. Matthew Stafford. Um, no Cooper cup, no Tyler Higby, right? Like just the, the people that this offense Gets really, the only reason why Nakua was even out there was to force the initiative around setting the rookie records. Otherwise, they probably would have found a way to sit him as well for what he's contributed to this offense. But all that aside, you can only play who the other team puts out there, and Isaiah Oliver did what he was asked to do. But I cannot overstress enough what you the importance of what you just said of like, if we are reliant upon him come playoff football, that's not a good spot for us to be and that's not a spot that we've been in in many 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 weeks since the emergence of ambry thomas to to compliment what demo and um and ward have been doing out there right now mm-hmm. yeah so hopefully we don't have to see it and that's like the on on top of it just being a very unfortunate thing for jason barrett like yeah. the the fact that the 49ers have one less piece of depth uh, at corner is is another blow but yeah hopefully those the top three guys can stay healthy um and we don't have to see the rest at, at least until no. training <laughs> camp of next year right totally. um as far as the linebackers go though i i was pleasantly you know surprised with uh, the way demetrius flanagan fouls played he had 10 tackles three of them for a loss he was very active he definitely stood out towards like like in the second half when you know at that point it was most it it was a a preseason squad out there uh Oren Burks I thought had a good game as well he had seven tackles of his own um including a tackle for loss he also had a quarterback hit and a sack so you know showing some versatility there he had three stops too so you know those guys like if if anyone god forbid if anyone just get hurt as far as the linebackers go think those guys could step in now again not saying they're going to be at that level i'm just saying like it's good to know that your your backups aren't not all of them are are so bad yeah i mean i think we've all known what oren burks is about we saw him plenty throughout the season when greenlaw would get nicked or or whatever it might be you know you see far less of of dff uh, because that's Fred Warner's spot, right? And 54 doesn't really come off the field. It's just funny how like schemes and coaches just have types, right? Like whether it's DFF or in Burks, they play the same style and brand of football that Dre Greenlaw and Fred Warner do. Obviously, Fred Warner and Dre Greenlaw are just superior talents, right? That's not knocking what you know Flanagan Foles and what Oren Burks are capable of, but they're just guys that run sideline to sideline and they can cover the field real fast, smart, instinctive guys know how to fill gaps, fill holes. You know, um, I mentioned Oren's filled in throughout the course of the year. Uh, so if, if he needs to, again, I'm confident in his ability. Yes. It's, it's going to be a drop off skill wise, but I think he can, let's put it this way. I think on other teams where you are not backing up Fred Warner and Dre Greenlaw. So across 31 other football teams, these guys have a chance to be part of, you know, the starting rotation on other squads. It's just, you know, they got all pros. I mean, I'm complimenting Dre Dre Greenlaw here, um, but they, they have 
pro ball talent and all pro talent in front of them. And that's hard to, to circumvent, but both of them, I thought played well, played admirably. Like they're, they're not people I worry about when they're, they're on the, in these moments, right. In a week 18 game, but whether it's Isaiah Oliver, whether it's DFF, whether it's Oren, this is audition tape, right? Like, do Mm -hmm. they become priority? No. Can you take your backup and can you flip it for something in the off season? Anything, right? Like, you know, can you take these undrafted guys and, and flip them for, for assets, for younger, cheaper talent that probably, you know, you got D Winters hanging in the wind, you know, a couple other rookies back there. Like it's just like rinse and repeat um, right. in terms of like a, a style that they go after, but they both played good ball. Like they played, I don't think anybody really played poorly Steph. Right. right. Like just nothing that blew us away, Yeah, which is know? okay. I mean, like we, we should expect that in a yeah, meaningless totally. week 18 game. Um, and I keep saying meaningless, but for the guys who were playing, who don't always get that opportunity, very much meaningful for them uh, to be able to, you know, showcase their talents. Good opportunity. Uh, Lori in the comments asks, is George Odom expected back? Well, I'm actually glad you asked. We did get an update uh, from George Odom, as Matt Barrows tweeted out uh, a few days ago last week, George Odom on IR with biceps tear said he might be able to return to practice soon and definitely thinks he can be ready to play at some point in the playoffs. He'll have to convince the team docs, of course, uh, but that's a good sign. If he can come back, that would be huge not just for depth, but also for special teams. This dude was a special teams ace that special teams is like hurting out there, you know, and it's not really something that's come out to hurt them in a game yet, but it's just not one of those things you want to find out or have it, you know, be the detriment uh, to one of your playoff games. So George Odom being back would be huge. Uh, Let's hope that, you know, he could make a comeback at some point in the playoffs. Like I said, on IR right now, uh, the 49ers would have to open up his 21-day practice window for him to even have an opportunity to come back. But, you know, maybe that's something that happens in the next two weeks. Who knows? Yeah, I, I wouldn't hold out hope on this. You know, um, I would think that if we see them push the envelope on this subject, it would be another injury is suffered or something along those lines to speed back the, the timeline. But you know, he hasn't played ball in quite some time and they're now have guys getting reps and, you know, is the playoffs the time that you want somebody coming back? I mean, this isn't like Nick Bosa returning from injury, you know what I mean? Or Christian McCaffrey returning <laughs> from, from injury. I'd love to have George Odom there. No doubt about it. I mean, for special teams alone, forget the safety depth, right? Like just, you, yeah. you want your, your captain of your special teams to be there. I just think it's a, that last one right there, he'll have to convince the team docs, right? I think that's the one that tells you that it's probably going to be far-fetched that he gets back in time. Maybe for a Super Bowl. Maybe. Maybe. Playing the, the Jimmy Garoppolo card. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe he'll be back for the Super Bowl. Um, <laughs> yeah, so we'll we'll see on George Odom. I guess, like, we, we could be optimistic, but there's there's no guarantees on him coming back of course but hopefully we'll see um now i know there is a a national championship college football national championship going to be airing here shortly but i want to make sure weston that we have a chance to put some players on notice if you need to 
You did yeah. say a second ago that you, you think no one had a bad game. I think that could be challenged a bit. I, 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 you're probably right. <laughs> you know, I'm known to speak quickly and aggressively and then rethink afterwards. You can ask my wife on that. Um, that being said, if I had to put somebody on notice, I'm not going to take the low hanging fruit. I'm going to, I'm going to say Ronnie Bell. I just, it's, it's because I'm, I yes, I know he caught a touchdown pass, but I could argue that Sam Darnold just drilled that into his chest and he had no choice but to hang on when the, when the ball hit him with how quick that came in. But the one thing that I don't expect from a Michigan product, right. And a guy that we were all so high on, he just seems lost. And I'm not even talking about the special teams yeah. games anymore. Right. I'm talking about at wide receiver. You mentioned the miscommunication by Darnold. Half the time, you don't know whether it's the wide receiver or the quarterback that was wrong. But by the look of Kyle Shanahan on the sideline and talking to him, you knew right then and there, number 10 was lost. And he's squandering an opportunity right now for himself. I, I know he's a rookie. I get all of that. But with Jawan, with this concussion prolonged, you know, we know Ronnie's a physical guy. We know he's not afraid to block. We know he'll mix it up. But like, you got to do the other things too. Um, you know, you got to be accountable on third down. You you can't be running the wrong route. You can't not be on the same. You're not a superstar in this league yet where you get a pass on that. We see how quickly wide receivers end up in Kyle Shanahan's doghouse. Now, the good news is we've also seen another wide receiver emerge a few years later from Kyle Shanahan's doghouse, arguably, arguably playing at a, a pro ball level, but got snubbed and Brandon Ayuk. So we've seen this before and we've seen that they can rebound. But I, I just think I think Ronnie Bell is is lost right now, and I don't even think he's on a playoff roster. Um, so long as Jawan comes back, I don't think he's part of the forty six address. We've seen like two extremes, I think, of the outcome of the doghouse, and that it should yeah. be trademarked the Kyle Shanahan doghouse. Yeah. T Pettis or trademarked. And, <laughs> yeah, Dante yeah. Pettis, who was like. That obviously didn't go well. Um, just never quite recovered from that from a confidence standpoint, it seems. And then Brandon Ayuk, who like it just seemed to make him better, right? Yep. So we don't we don't know quite yet what side of the spectrum Ronnie Bell is going to fall, but I have hope that you know he's gonna be one of the good ones or just one of the I think he'll grow from it. And I do think he's kind of at that point where you know Kyle's probably looking at him like literally asking yeah. him what are you doing uh and it's just so comical at this point that we see every rookie wide receiver get to this it, it's almost like an initiation like, I know. and it's crazy because a lot of them do start out do start out like looking solid and looking like they'll just blow right past it and then by the end of the season it's like they just fall into it somehow Ronnie Bell just seems like he's at that point. Um, but I, I think he'll turn it around. Luckily, assuming Juwan Jennings is going to be fine when the 49ers play in the divisional round, they're not going to need Ronnie Bell, uh, both as a receiver and a punt returner, uh, because that, as we know, was a failed experiment. Uh, but yeah, hopefully next year is a, a better year. For Ronnie Bell. Better luck, but, better luck next year, bud. <laughs> That's yeah, where we're at right now. Pretty much. I mean, yeah. you know, and no, no shade to him. It's just no, no, no. That's just the nature of where he's at on the depth chart and his place right now in the doghouse. Mm -hmm. Now, uh, for 
man, rough day for former Michigan players. Probably not a great sign. Hopefully they can, you know, win this championship here shortly. Uh, but Allen has Jake Moody on his list of players to put on notice. And I think for me that that would be my pick. It was either Ronnie Bell or Moody. Uh, both both former Wolverines. Uh, so Jake Moody for the fact that he missed a 38-yard field goal. And then after that, his only other opportunity to go out there and make a kick in this game with the extra point, he missed that too. So he didn't really have a chance to, you know, dust yeah. his shoulders off and, and get back to making one. He's going to have that hanging over his head for a couple of weeks, at least until the divisional round. So, look, I know a lot of people are very harsh on the subject of Jake Moody, and I don't want to quite go that far, but I also don't want to be a Jake Moody apologist at the same time. I'm simply putting him on notice. Like, that's it. I see you. (laughs) I've seen what you've done. Yeah, knock that shit off, right? (laughs) There's better days, all right? Just hope. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, listen, being a kicker is a thankless opportunity, right? You are crucified when you don't, right? And everyone's like, good, that's your job when you do, right? Like, it's really thankless. I'm not going to lose faith in the kid. I mean, I, I'm, I am being an apologist for him in this regard, saying that, hey, he missed them both at the, to the same spot. You know what I mean? He, it's not like where you see the overcorrection where you miss wide right, and then all of a sudden you pull left. It's just... It's not ideal that any player on your team, let alone the kicker, gets the yips right before the playoffs. Now, that he last possession, so well. I know, and he was doing great, right? We hadn't talked yeah. about him in the longest time, right? Um, and I think that the what hurt me the most was when Sam Darnold made that final fumble where it went off the, the dude's helmet, right? On that, that last possession is I had no disillusion that Sam Darnold was going to drive us down the the field to to win a game with based on who else was out there with him. But I did want to see them get close enough to put the ball on the turf one more time to get, let Moody get a swing of the leg, right? Hit or miss. I just wanted to see him swing it again. If you hit great, like, okay, we win the game. The bigger win is like, get this guy's head right before we're going. But the reality, you know, all kickers miss, right? Nobody's ever perfect. It's, it's just not the ideal timing is what is what's really panicking or exactly. making people freak out. But here's the good news, people. 49ers do score a lot of touchdowns, right? And a lot of these playoff teams that are left outside of Detroit, who we haven't seen yet this year, we scored a lot of touchdowns against all of them, right? So I'm feeling 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 like we're gonna be okay. And the other news is like there's no alternative. Kyle's not gonna go get some guy who hasn't kicked all year off the street based on how he looks in practice. Like Jake Moody's it guys, no matter what Robbie gold is not coming back to the San Francisco 49ers. They're not even going to make the phone call. Like this is who we got. Yeah. All in all, like I, I, I do agree with the sentiment. Like he, he is going to be the guy, whether it's for better or worse. I mean, they don't really have a choice and it doesn't seem like for Kyle, he's not overreacting to it obviously acknowledge that it's not great when you miss, but I mean, he's been, he's been fine for them this season. So going to keep riding him and yeah, just hopefully in the playoffs, he, he gets back to it. Um, But like you said, the 49ers up to this point, haven't had to depend on him to like 
hit a game winner or anything or well technically yes but <laughs> yeah uh against the browns but you know the they've kind of cruised since then without needing his services quite as much so hopefully that will be the case in the playoffs but you could just never be too sure um but you know uh, we'll we'll talk about it throughout the week that's one of the topics we're going to exhaust for yeah. you know the next two so you know weston same time next week right we'll we'll be here and we'll be talking about uh you know the 49ers next game the divisional round and of course we a lot of time a lot of football not for 49ers leading up to that so just relax from here on out let's have a good time and relax and watch Michigan and what is it? Is it Washington? Washington. Michael Penix Jr. Let's go, go, baby. Yeah, he's nice. He's nice. Uh, but I know a lot of us are rooting for hardball, so let's go Wolverines. Let's see how that goes. Uh, but for now, have a good rest of your Monday, folks. Peace.